Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renewed Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. God, man, welcome, welcome, welcome to Renew Church. My name is Pastor Trevor. If you're new to Renew Church, uh, welcome. We're so glad that you're here. As Mikey said earlier, fill out that connection card and, and uh, turn it in. We'd love to, to get that from you. You can drop it off in the in the box in the back, or there's some ushers that'll hold a bucket. And that's also how we give in the mornings uh, on your way out. You can give that way or online. Uh, I'm just so glad that you're here. I'm just thankful. I know God has a word for us today. Some of you, maybe you just came not expecting, not planning. Maybe you just saw something and said, man, I need to go to church today. And maybe this message is just for you. I don't know. I really don't. But God knows. God has done some amazing things in my heart and in my life. And uh, I just get to be a part of it. Just get to ride this wave. And, and uh, man, um, I, I believe God wants to do the same thing in you. If you're feeling down, if you're discouraged, no matter what your week has been like, man, just come expecting come with an anticipation come with your hands out like this don't clench them don't push down just come saying god i receive from you whatever it is that you want to do in me we're we're getting ready for easter this is this is a big sunday but next sunday is like super bowl sunday in the christian calendar it's like the big day it's the day when we remember our lord and savior jesus christ he is no longer in the grave he was resurrected and we are going to celebrate big that the tomb is empty next Sunday. So I want you to check this video out and, and uh, I want you to be praying about the people that you can invite. We want to pack this house next Sunday for uh, for Easter 2019. Check this video out really quick. You've been caught on the Palmetto in bumper-to-bumper traffic only to find out you have zero miles to empty or woke up on a Saturday ready to make a nice breakfast only to find that the fridge is empty or you went to the store and you left your money on the nightstand and your wallet was empty. Empty gas tanks, empty refrigerators, empty wallet, maybe even empty lives. We think full is better, and sometimes it is. We think more is better, and sometimes that's true. But this Easter at Renew Church, we will look at how empty isn't always a bad thing. Join us on Sunday, April the 21st at 10.30 a.m. for Easter at Renew Church. We will have powerful worship, inspiring message from scripture, and an exciting lesson and activities for the kids. Afterwards, we will have an egg hunt with awesome prizes, lots of other family fun. Don't miss it. What if your emptiness somehow results in you being fulfilled? Awesome. You guys excited about that? I hope so. I hope that so. you don't sound that excited, but uh, I hope you are. It's going to be an amazing day. We're putting uh, a lot of heart and soul and effort and prayer into this, and, and uh, you can do a couple of things to help us uh, pack this house and, and get people here that don't know the good news, the message of Jesus. On your way out, you can take those invite cards. They're at the table on your way out, and they're in little stacks of 10. Take all 10. Don't take one out and keep the rest on the table. Take 10, because you have people that you know. They, you may say, I don't have 10 friends. You have 10 enemies. Invite your enemies to Renew Church. Amen? Uh, invite somebody to church. I, I was reading a statistic here recently. We have 27, on average, 27 interactions per day. 27 per day. So that's like 200 plus uh, in, a, in a, a week, people that we encounter on a weekly basis. It may be the, the, the gas attendant or the, the, the clerk at the grocery store um, or somebody in our neighborhood or whatever the case might be. 
have one of them little flyers in your pocket and just be like, hey, let me give you this. You don't have to do it 27 times a day. I'm not going to raise the bar that high. You don't need that many. But try to do it one to two times a day. Like, let's give those 10 away this week. Let's make a commitment to do that. How many of you will commit to invite at least one person to renew on Easter? Awesome. Awesome. Very good. Man, I'm excited about it. There's other ways to do it. You can also do a digital invite. So in in addition to that, you can text Easter 2019 to 31996, and you'll get that same invitation on a digital format. You can post it on your wall. You can share it on your Facebook page. We would really love it if you would help us spread the word to somebody that needs to hear the good news and invite them to come for uh, the Easter activities, the celebration, all the exciting things that we have planned. I want to, and I know Mikey did the announcements, and I'm kind of crushing on these, but on your way out also, man, think about um, small groups. Think about the small group ministry that's starting. It's launching for the very first time at Renew Church this next week, uh, right? I mean, this, the following, the week after Easter. We've got four groups, one in Homestead and two in West Kendall and one in East Kendall, Tuesday nights and Wednesday nights, 7 o'clock. They're about a 75-minute meeting. They come together. We read the Word. We pray for each other. We encourage each other. And it's just a four-week experience. So really all I'm asking you for is four hours, four, four to five hours of your life. Come try it. Come see what it's like. Come meet some people. And uh, if you don't like it, then you don't have to come back. You don't have to be a part of it anymore. But I believe that that's what the church is supposed to be. This is just a building. This is just a service on Sunday at 1030. We're not the church if we're not the church with skin on, right? We're not the church if we're not like the body of Christ doing stuff together and reaching out to each other and ministering to each other. And it can't all just be you receiving and me giving. You've got to do some giving. And some of that happens in the dialogue in a small group. So I'm encouraging you. It's not a 10-week, it's not a a lifetime commitment, it's four times, four meetings. Come together, commit, and say, I can do that on Tuesday night in East Kendall, or I can do that on Wednesday night in West Kendall, and just be a part of it. See what it's like. Maybe it'll change your life. It's part of what we believe at Renew Church that, that needs to happen. To help people to find freedom, we think that small groups is a great way to help people know God, find freedom, discover the purpose, and make a difference. So... That's enough commercials. Let's get into the Word together. I'm excited about what I want to share with you uh, this morning. And uh, we're in the second week in a sermon series called Journey to Easter. And uh, we've been talking about and thinking about, starting last week, with uh, what it's looked like. The months, days, hours leading up to Christ's death. What it was like being there on that day they discovered the tomb empty. And we're going to talk about that next Sunday uh, what, what the disciples felt, more specifically what Peter felt. Like it's really, this message could have been titled uh, uh, Easter in Peter's Shoes or Easter from Peter's Eyes because it's really about how he felt, the challenges he faced, the changes in his life. Our focus will be on, uh, on that. Last week we looked at Peter's affirmation. Six months before Jesus' death, we were talking a little bit about this. This was during the Feast of Tabernacles that, that uh, this actually occasion happened. Jesus had just fed 5,000 people, and everybody was following Jesus. Everybody wanted a little piece of Jesus because Jesus was giving out the physical. He was giving out the bread and the, the fish, and people were like, man, this guy is a miracle worker, so I want what he has. You know what they wanted, though? They wanted the physical. And Jesus said, what you want is really what you need is not what you want. What you need is me. I am the bread of life. Whoever eats of my bread, drinks of my blood, whoever receives of me 
man, you are the one that will have eternal life. And like people turn their back. People are like, what? Drink his blood, eat his flesh. Like you could check it out. John 6. What is he talking about? This is too hard of a teaching. And the Bible says in John 6, many, and it, it's funny, it's John 6, 66. Uh, that's not funny, but like it, it says many turned their back on him and no longer followed him. There. Jesus turned to his 12 and he looked to them and he said, what about you? What, what do you want to do? Do you want to leave also? Peter said, where would we go? Jesus, you have the words of life. You are the Holy One of God. There's nowhere else that we can go, should go, want to go. You are. And it was an affirming message for, for Peter as he was preparing for what was to come six months later, leading into Christ's death and later resurrection. But let me just remind you, man, it's not about how many left. It's not about the people that left. It's about who stayed. There may be people turning their back on Jesus today all around you saying, we don't need that. It's not about who left. It's about who stayed. The second thing that I've said to you is, is knowing everything about everything isn't a requirement. You may not quite grasp that whole body and blood and receiving all of those things. And many didn't. But Jesus, I mean, Peter was like, Jesus, you have the words of life. That's all I know. So where else can I turn? If you don't know everything about everything, that's fine. You're in good company. But keep your eyes, keep your focus on Jesus. Don't follow the crowd, just follow Jesus. This morning, I'm jumping six months, jumping to the, the, uh, the, the time, the, the uh, Feast of the Passover, jumping to Holy Week. For those of us in, in, uh, in, in maybe in a Christian tradition of some kind in your upbringing, you may know and be familiar with that. Others of you may have no idea what I'm talking about. But this is Palm Sunday, and it's based on this verses in John chapter 12. And this is what it says in John chapter 12. Jose, do you have that on the screen? It says, the next day, the crowd that had come for the festival, come for the party, they heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem, and they took palm branches out. This is Palm Sunday. This is that day that we remember that. And they took palm branches out and they went out and they met him shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. That's what they were shouting on this day 2,000 years ago. Maybe not this exact calendar day. They were shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. They were shouting praise. They were shouting save. They were saying, Jesus, you are the king. They were shouting this because the very chapter before, they saw, again, more physical evidence of Jesus doing some things, and they wanted to be a part of it. Like, they were calling Jesus, they were nominating Jesus as the newly elected or newly nominated king of Israel. You know why? Because in John chapter 11, Jesus' good friend Lazarus had died. His good friend Lazarus had, had died, and, and, and people had already gathered there to, to uh, be with him in the, the days before his death, and there for the funeral, and his body was already prepared and put in the tomb. Like, word had gotten around. Everybody that knew Lazarus, the whole community, knew about Lazarus's death. Jesus shows up, as you know from the passage, if you've read it, John chapter 11. He shows up after G, uh, Lazarus is four days dead. And he says to him, man, show me where he is. Take me to him. And then he just says to Lazarus, Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus, come out. And Lazarus is raised from the dead. And just as quickly as news travels about Lazarus' death, 
it travels even faster about his life. It travels even faster about his resurrection. And people are like, did you see this? This dead guy, I saw it with my own eyes. He was dead. It wasn't just one of those like four minute, like I stopped breathing and they resuscitated me. It was literally, he was dead and he began to stinketh in the in, uh, King James Version. That's the way it puts it. Like he literally, his body was decaying. And I saw with my own eyes that this man, this miracle worker named Jesus, raised him from the dead. So people all of a sudden are celebrating. They're saying, Hosanna. They're saying, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They're saying, blessed is the king of Israel, the newly nominated king. The the miracle worker, they're now celebrating and nominating to be their king. So, remember, this is perspective from the disciples' shoes. That's not all we're talking about. So I, I need you to think about this for a second. The disciples have seen all of this. They're thinking to themselves, you should have got here earlier, Jesus, when Lazarus was sick and he didn't do it. And now they're like, whoa, that's why you didn't do it. You're amazing. And I'm with you. I'm on Jesus' side. I'm in his entourage. If, Jesus, you're the king of Israel, then I'm in your court. Like, if you're the king, I'm going to be like a, a, a whatever. You know, I'm, I'm going to be the, the, the prince or, or the jack. or You know, I'm thinking about the deck of cards. I don't know what you would be. But they're thinking to themselves, I'm going to be royalty right under the king of Israel. Israel, they're so fired up about it. They're excited about it. They're like some kind of a vice king. I don't know if that's a real word, but they're thinking to themselves, man, Peter, you're the one. They declared him. They said, Peter, you have the words of life. Peter said, uh, you have the words of life. You're the Holy One of God. They've followed him, and they've sacrificed. They've made the the commitment uh, from being an average, ordinary fisherman to being in the inner circle, like all of a sudden, Peter's thinking to himself, it was worth it all. The risk was worth, worth it. The investment was worth it. All of a sudden, I'm going to be like right under, here's Jesus, here's Peter. Here's Jesus, here's Peter. I'm glad I made this commitment. I'm glad I'm a part of what Jesus has done. He took the risk, and it was about to pay off. He was going to be in the presence of royalty, and with that royalty came the benefits. Can you see it? Can you feel it? Can you hear it and think about it in that way? And people are shouting, and he's like, yeah, shout it. And here we go to John chapter 13, skipping over a chapter. Everybody just got through shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And it's just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end, the Bible says. Okay, uh, I, I want to stop for just a second. And, and Well, no, let's go to verse uh, uh, 2. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God, and that he was returning to God. I want to stop there for just a second. I mean, think about this for a second. That verse right there, Jesus knew that the Father had put all these things under his power, and that he had come from God, and was returning to God. That's Jesus knowing and being assured of who he was. He had assurance of himself, and what was important in what was going to happen in the days ahead, in the moments ahead. He was certain of it. So what does he do when he's certain of himself? He gets up from the does what the least thing they could ever have expected. Took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist, and after that he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? 
Jesus replied, you'll never wash my feet. You don't realize, uh, I mean, Jesus said, you don't realize what I'm doing, but, you, you, but later you'll understand. And no, said Peter, Peter said, you'll never wash my feet. Do you wonder why Peter didn't want Jesus to wash his feet? Have you ever thought about that for a second? Why wouldn't you want a good foot washing? Why wouldn't you want a good foot cleaning? Like, your feet are dirty. You've been out on those unpaved, dirty roads, covered in, in muck and no pavement. It's just nasty, and you, you're wearing sandals all day long. Why didn't he want that? You know why? Because Jesus is the newly nominated king of Israel. And this is his kingdom. And in the king's kingdom, the king deserves respect, fear, honor. And it's everyone else's job to take care of the king. This was the image that all people, including you and I, have of the normal traditional king. And this is exactly what Peter was thinking. I mean, think for a second. Just imagine modern day, like imagine Queen Elizabeth walking out towards uh, the entry of Buckingham Palace with a push broom and just, you know, getting to work right there in front of everybody and in front of the royal guards. Can you imagine that? And so this was the, 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 the thing that Peter was saying, no, Lord, you're not going to do this. Even worse, you're, gonna, you're not washing my feet. You see, Peter knew the right king. He was right about the king. He was wrong about the kingdom. He was right about the king, but he was wrong about the kingdom. He didn't understand exactly what Jesus was doing. In fact, this is what it says in verse 12. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and he returned to his place. And he said, do you understand what I've done for you? You call me teacher and Lord and rightly so, for that's what I am. Now that I, your Lord and your teacher, have washed your feet, you should wash one another's feet. I've set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. You see why Peter didn't want that? You see why Peter didn't want his feet washed? Because he knew Jesus already. He knew, like, Jesus, are you serious? You're going to wash my feet because I already know what that means. You're going to make me wash somebody else's feet. And that's not what I want. I want it to be a king's kingdom, and I want to be in the court, and I want to receive of all the great things that come with that, the benefits. And Jesus says, these are the benefits. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed. You will be benefited if you do them. That's not the primary text, though. That was a long setup. That was a big setup for the primary text. Sorry. I want to take you, though, from John's gospel and the story of Holy Week. I want to take you from John's gospel to Matthew and his gospel for a minute. You see, John's gospel, his account focuses on the compassion of Jesus and how he prays for himself. This is kind of following that moment where he, uh, he washes the disciples' feet, and then he begins to pray for himself, for the disciples, and for all believers. John recounts what Jesus is praying, and it seems to be more focused on what Jesus was praying leading up to his rest and crucifixion. But in, in Matthew's gospel, which is what we're about to read, Matthew gives an honest perspective from what I would say would be Peter and the disciples' shoes. This is right after Jesus has that dinner with them and he tells them about how to serve and what they needed to do. But I, before we even read that verse, before you even, you could take that back down, Jose. Let me ask you this question. I want you to think about this for a second. If you knew 
that this was one of the last times that you were going to be with somebody. Like, and maybe you've had that experience. Maybe you've been with an elderly uh, person that was, that was passing away, and you were kind of doing that, saying your goodbye to them. Or maybe it was one of those moments where you didn't know, and it was a tragic accident. It was a tragic incident, and that thing, like, totally changed everything for you. But if you knew, though, that this was one of your last times to be with that person, it would be a pretty significant moment for you, right? be a pretty significant time for you. It'd be a time you'd never forget, and it would be a time that you would take very, very, very seriously, wouldn't it? Here's what it says in Matthew chapter 26. Pull it up for me, Jose. Then Jesus went with them to a garden called Gethsemane and told his disciples, stay here while I go over there and pray. Taking along Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he plunged into an agonizing sorrow. And then he said, this sorrow is crushing my life out. Stay here and keep vigil with me. And then Jesus went with them to a garden called Gethsemane. Oh, you put it up on... on uh, <laughs> uh, you messed with me, man. Going ahead a little further, he fell on his face and he said, he prayed. He said, my father, if there's any way, get me out of this. But please, not what I want, what you want. When he came back to his disciples, he found them sound asleep. And he said to Peter, can't you stick it out with me a single hour? Stay alert and be in prayer so you don't wander into temptation without even knowing you're in danger. And then verse uh, 41, he says, uh, in the NIV, it says, the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. But I, I love this, this paraphrase that Eugene Peterson writes. He says, there's a part of you that is eager, ready for anything in God. But there's another part that says, lazy as an old dog sleeping by the fire. Jesus is at the garden. Gianna Bella, little Gianna, my girl, chill out. Jesus is at this place where he's, he's agonizing. He says, my soul is literally crushing out. Like, I'm feeling this anxiety. I'm feeling it. And I've had those moments here in recent days. I've had those moments in recent weeks. And Jesus is, though, is like a million times worse my soul is crushing out. And he says to his disciples, stay here and keep vigil with me. Stay here and be alert. Like be, like, be present with me and pray. And then he goes ahead and he prays, Father, take this away from me. But when he comes back, he finds his disciples asleep. Sound asleep. Wow. Wow. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. You see, there's a part of you that is eager and ready for anything in God. But there's another part of you that's as lazy as an old dog sleeping by the fire. God, help us. Wake us up. Because we know Jesus is the king. 
We've seen his miraculous signs. He's the fulfillment of prophecy. He is the right king, but it's the wrong kingdom. Like this is not what we wanted. He's shown us how to be first in his kingdom by serving because the first will be last and the last will be first. He just did it for us. He set the example. And yet knowing everything you know, for Peter knowing everything he knows and knowing how critical the time is, when it's time to start doing Peter starts dozing. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. This message this Sunday is a message of challenge. Last week it was a message of affirmation of who God is. And and you, Jesus, you have the words of life. You're the Holy One of God. Out of the words of Peter, he says that. And then the very next week he's like, you are. The spirit is willing but the body is weak. You see, you can, you can know that he has the words of life. You can know that he is the Holy One of God. But there's more to it than that. You can know it. You can memorize it. You can get the t-shirt. But until you start doing something with it, nothing changes. I've walked with people in my life, in my ministry, and I felt the confidence that God was truly doing a transformative work in them. But if we don't stay alert, if we don't stay vigil, if we don't, as verse 41, Jesus says, if we don't watch and pray, watch and pray, watch and pray, if we don't do these things, we can fall into temptation and lose it all. So what are you doing with your life? Now it's not the time to go to sleep. It's not. Some of us are sleeping on our family. Some of us are letting the iPad or the Xbox raise our kids. Some of us are sleeping on our, 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 our family by letting the school system or the Disney Channel be more influential than we are. Are you doing or are you dozing? Some of us are sleeping on our marriage. We take for granted the gift that God has given us in a wife or a husband, a helpmate, and we look at them as more like a roommate, a business partner, or some other kind of co-parent of our children. You're sleeping on your marriage. Are you doing Or are you dozing? Some of us are sleeping on the church. Can I remind you what a preacher said to me this week at this conference that I went to? We don't go to church. We are the church. Please remember that. You don't go to church. You are the church. God is not looking for people preaching on a platform. He's looking for servants speaking in the shadows. There's enough preachers on the platforms. There needs to be servants speaking in the shadows and being the church with skin on. Being the body of Christ. Not just a building that is really a cafeteria where people eat like uh, mashed potatoes and chicken nuggets. That's what this is tomorrow morning at this time. 
we have to be the church beyond the building and beyond these walls. And we have to be the church with skin on. Some of us are sleeping on the church. Some of us are sleeping on our gifts. Do you think that God gifted you just for yourself? Do you think that God gifted you just for yourself? Do you think God gave you that talent, that resource, that connection, those finances? Do you think God did those things just for you? No. You're sleeping on your gifts. Family, you're sleeping on your marriage talents. You're sleeping on your church. You're sleeping on your family. You're sleeping on your marriage. And it's time to begin to wake up and watch and pray. God wants to do a great thing in this church. God wants to do a great thing in you. God wants to do a great thing in your kids and your family and your, and your, your relationships. God wants to do powerful and life transforming things in this city through you. And it's not on Sundays at 1030. It's because you were willing to bow down, to kneel down, to humble yourself and wash that other person's feet. Jesus washed his very best friend's feet. But you also know he washed his betrayer's feet. It's easy when we can think about washing our family's feet, our friend's feet, or those who love us feet. But the guy that killed him, the guy that betrayed him, the guy that he gave everything to, he kneeled down and he washed him. I struggle with that. I struggle with that. If I'm honest with you, I don't want to wash that person's feet. <sighs> and maybe you have the same situation. It's a pivotal moment. It's a time and a place for us to say, okay, God, it's time to forgive somebody. It's time to start to pray for somebody. It's time to help that situation in whatever way you can. It's not time to sleep. It's time to wake up. Would you bow your heads and you close your eyes with me? You're needed. Jesus needs you. At that point of anxiety, at that hour when he felt like his life was crushing out, he said, I need you. Be vigilant in your life for some kind of circumstance, for some kind of situation. Jesus is saying, I need you. I need you. I really and desperately need you. And you are at the crossroads. You have a choice right here and right now. Everyone in this room has it. Whether you like it or not, 
Oh, I'm not choosing. No, you chose when you said I'm not choosing. You have a choice to go to sleep. To doze or to do. Lord in heaven, you know where we're at. You know each and every one of us. You know our life. You know what we need. God, I pray that we would watch and pray, that we would be active, that you would raise us up to be powerful and impactful and useful with every single gift and talent that you've blessed us with. God, that we would be prayerful, that we would be led by you, that we would take care of our kids, that we would make them our first ministry, our families our first ministry, that we wouldn't let the TV and the iPad be the leader of our family, that we would be the influencers in our family. Oh God, we need you. I need you. Forgive me, oh God. When I don't want to wash my brother's feet. Forgive me when I don't want to even reach out. Help us, I pray. If that's you this morning and you would say, Pastor, I'm making a decision today. Yeah, I told you already, you're making a decision one way or the other. And if you've already been making the right decision, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand at that point. If, if you haven't, but today you want to, I'm also going to ask you to raise your hand and say, today I'm going to stop dozing and I'm going to start doing. If that's you right here and right now, just say, Pastor, I am going to start doing. I'm going to stop dozing. Just lift your hand just so I can see it and acknowledge it. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Lift your hand and say, Jesus, I'm done dozing. Too many people in my life, too many people in our world, the lady at the grocery store, they need me. So I'm going to stop sleeping. I'm going to start serving. I'm going to start making a difference. I'm going to start making an impact. I'm going to serve my children. I'm going to serve my family. I'm going to do what it is that God's calling me to do. Lord Jesus, thank you. You see hands. You see hearts. You know where they're at. For those that are, 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 are maybe making a, a, a commitment to you, praise God for that. For those that are saying, ah, just, I'm not really into that raising my hand thing, but God knows me. They know where they're at. You know where they're at. It, I don't have to see a hand, but you know where they're at. And God, if it's, if it's a sleeping mechanism, if it's their way of kind of laying down, God, wake them up. Put your thumb in their back. Raise them up. Show them and remind them of how important this time is. It's that moment in time when when you need us most, may we take advantage of every opportunity to impact our world, to impact our city, impact our family for your kingdom, for your glory, and for your honor. I never let a Sunday go, I haven't at least since we've started, without giving an opportunity for somebody to make a decision. And it's a simple prayer of faith. We sometimes call it the prayer of salvation or the sinner's prayer. And so for you, maybe you haven't even made that decision. Maybe you're at a crossroads in your life where you've never declared Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You might believe in Jesus. You might believe that he's the Son of God, but you've never declared him your Lord and your Savior. You've never said, Jesus, I want you to pay the price for my sins, so be my Savior. But also a big piece is 
that your Lord, you're on the throne of my life. You are the King of Israel and the King of me. And I declare you, I nominate you as the King of my life. I want you to be in my life, to forgive me of my sins, to come into my life and make me brand new. If that's you today, if you're praying that prayer and receiving that, would you just lift your hand? I'm not going to bring you to the front, but if that's you today and you would say, Pastor, I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior, would you just lift your hand right where you're at, right here, right now? Make that declaration if that's you today. Let's pray together. God, I thank you. I thank you for all that you do. I thank you for the things that you're doing in our hearts, here and now. Oh, Lord, we just pray that you would help us to stop dozing and to start doing. To declare you, Lord, and when that happens, God, not just to, to, to say it with our lips, but to live it with our lives, to make it just who we are in everything that we do and say. God, you know everybody's heart. You know where they're at this simple prayer of faith that says, Lord, I believe you in you. I believe you sent your son Jesus to die for me. I know that I've sinned. The Bible says for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Here and now I declare you as my Lord and Savior and I ask you to forgive me and to come into my life and make me a brand new creation in Christ. If you prayed that prayer, even in your heart, even in your mind, and believe it with your heart, the Bible says you're saved. It's not by works that we're saved. It's by grace through faith so that no man can boast. If you prayed that prayer, man, we'd just love to hear from you. You can check the box on the communication card and just let us know so we can be in touch with you and just try to help you take some next steps. Another amazing next step is coming up in just a couple of minutes right after the... Um, Right after the service dismisses, we're going to have our disc and gifts analysis, our growth track. And that's where we do a, 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 about a 40-minute session, and uh, you get to a chance to go through a spiritual gifts profile and maybe find some things that you didn't know about yourself. You'll learn some things about yourself that I, when I took it, it blew me away. I was like, wow, I didn't even realize that this was a gift for me, that this was one of my spiritual gifts. So I would challenge you, I would encourage you, we've got plenty of space for you in the art classroom about four doors back just down that hallway next to the nursery. And we're going we're gonna to do that just, just you know, five or ten minutes after the, the, the service is over. And uh, join me for that as we, we go through that. We want to help people know where they're plugged in and get plugged in. The problem is, is people sometimes, they find their place. Uh, they, they get plugged into something and they get plug, plugged into the wrong thing. And so they burn out quickly. They're like, oh, I don't want to do that because I don't like that. Like kids ministry, I, I don't like kids. So why would I work with kids, right? But that's just where everybody needs people all the time. Well, if that's not your gifting, don't do that. But there are other areas of ministry. There are other ways that we can get you plugged in and we want to help you take those steps. So come join me. There's no, you know, obligation in that, but think about it and join me and Mikey immediately following the service in the art classroom for a 45-minute session. We want to help you uh, to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose. That's what this is. And then begin to make a difference. Amen? Amen? All right, all right. Man, I'm so glad that you are here this morning. Thank you for being here. Worship team has one more song or... We're going to, you know what? You have two more songs, don't you? I kind of did this a little bit goofy, didn't I? I'm sorry. All right, so let's sing this song, and then we'll, um, everybody stand.
you guys ready to wake up? Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. This is the part of our service where we worship God through tithes and offering to the ministry. And just a few reminders, if you filled out a connection card or you have a giving envelope, we'll be collecting those on your way out. There's some ushers in the back with buckets. You can drop them off in the boxes. Also, if you are willing, if you're interested, if you want to join a small group, you can fill out the form, put your information there, and then in the welcome table outside right behind those doors, we'll be trading a croqueta for a signed up small group card. So if you're interested in croquetas, make sure you do that. Also, we do have growth tracks. So if you're on your way to growth tracks, stop by the info table, drop off a small group card, get a croqueta, and uh, we'll see you in, in growth tracks. So uh, the band has one more song for us, but before that, let's pray. God, we thank you for what you're doing, Lord, in this, in this place, God. We thank you for this morning, for allowing us to be here, God, for allowing us to experience your presence, God, to worship your name, to hear your word, God. I pray that through every, every dime, every cent, every penny that gets put into your ministry, Father, be used to, to continue to impact our community, the world, Lord, and, and to carry out your mission, God. Be with these people, Lord, this week, Father. Take care of them. You know their needs, Father. We thank you. And the people, Jesus' people said, Amen. Amen. Sorry, we're going to sing this song one more time. Oh, I close my eyes and colors fly. There's no hiding from your grace. I can't deny your heart from mine. And it's unrelenting change. Until you love to go over me So I let go So I let go And I let go Show me life like it's supposed to be 